You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, Episode 11, How to Set Goals Without Sacrificing Sanity. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Happy 2018, everyone. I hope that you had a wonderful holiday season with your families. Our family went on a 12-hour road trip to Denver, and we survived. It was a little rough at times in the car, but we made it. And I got to see my cute grandparents who were on the podcast last episode, episode 10. So thank you for allowing me a week off from the podcast so I could soak in time with my family. And I'm excited to be back with today's episode. And as always, I plan to air one each Monday. So be sure to check your podcast app or my website on Mondays as you're commuting to work or doing laundry or however you start off your week, I'd love it if you would also start off with a 3 and 30 podcast for moms and get some takeaways at the beginning of the week that you can try out with your family. With it being the beginning of 2018, I'm sure that many of us are thinking about goal setting. And I'm wondering, do you do it or do you despise it? It seems like a lot of people have strong feelings about goal setting at the beginning of the year. I myself have kind of an on-again, off-again relationship with goal setting. In my teen years and in college, I was a hardcore overachiever. I made a long list of goals and resolutions every year. Um, Goals for every aspect of my life, for spirituality, health, time management, personal improvement. In more recent years, I've, I feel like I've mellowed quite a bit or maybe I've just gotten disillusioned. <laughs> um, it's sometimes I don't make any goals at all, any resolutions, or if I do, they are simple and few. Honestly, sometimes I look back with a bit of longing to that younger version of myself who believed that I could do and achieve anything. But then I also remember that I was stressed out, discouraged, and completely disappointed in myself pretty much all the time. In fact, I ended up going to counseling um, for an eating disorder that I developed and to overcome some of these perfectionistic tendencies. And I'm going to talk more about that. I think on next week's podcast, I'm going to share some specific tools that I've learned in counseling that I think could be helpful to anyone, whether or not you're a perfectionist. I think they're just great tools for having um, healthier mental health. So my relationship with goal setting is a little bit troubled. But today on the podcast, I'm thrilled to have a guest who is going to teach us how to set balanced goals without overdoing it and sacrificing our sanity. Uh, Monica Packer is the host of one of my favorite podcasts called About Progress. And when I first heard her introductory episode, I connected with her so deeply. I felt like we shared so many common experiences and feelings, and I knew that I wanted to have her on 
this podcast to talk about how to reach for progress, not perfection. And this is what she talks about every week in her intro of her podcast. She reminds her listeners that life is about progress, not perfection. And this focus comes from her own past, um, grappling with extreme perfectionism and learning to overcome it. So today she's going to tell us a little bit more about that. And I know you're going to love her warmth, wisdom, her authenticity as much as I do. I'm thrilled to have her teach us about how to set goals without losing our minds. (laughs) So here is my interview with Monica Packer from About Progress. Hi, Monica. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me. I love your podcast. Oh, thank you. As you know, I've been following your podcast from almost the beginning of when you started it, and you've been an inspiration to me as I started mine, so it's really excited to connect. Well, good. We're just continuing a chain here then, because it's the same thing for me. Other people got me interested and inspired to start my own. Yeah. Well, to start off, I was wondering if you could tell us a bit about your history with perfectionism and how it manifested over the years. Yeah, that's kind of like a lifelong history, right? That um, <laughs> I'm sure many of us can relate to. I, I feel that many of us are born with this inclination and this drive to want to be very successful. And um, oftentimes that can manifest internally and outwardly. Um, and I think both of it was the case for me inwardly. I was just constantly trying to be the best version of myself that outwardly too, both in appearance and achievement. So, uh, that kind of came to a head for me in, in college, um, high school, I was kind of the top of the, uh, my game, I guess, you know, a lot of, a lot of times teachers say, don't peak in high school. You don't want to be one of those kids. And that totally was me. Like I totally peaked in, in high school <laughs> and it went all downhill from there. I mean, college, I did really well academically, but I suffered in a lot of mental and emotional ways and uh, led to, you know, I'd already had years and years of um, bad uh, ways of viewing my body and disordered eating, but it turned into full-blown uh, eating disorders at that time that became all consuming and controlling um, because I was con- trying to control everything else. You know, it just was its way of stepping in and telling me I needed to change, I needed to relax, I needed to not be so hung up on um, achieving. Yeah, and and so I mean that was goodness that was approaching twelve years ago now. So it's been twelve years since then of. Of recovery, it takes a long, long time to recover from, you know, another 10 years of built up behaviors and thought patterns and all that. But I've made a lot of progress <laughs> in mm-hmm. my in my 12 years. And, and I like to now be open about it in ways I never, ever, ever, ever was because that was kind of part of my struggle was even being open about my struggles. And, um, and, and now I have different kind of platforms that I share that message on of, of still trying to seek betterment and self-improvement and, and, uh, seeking dreams and even just hobbies <laughs> and, uh, but doing it all for the right reasons for our real betterment, our real happiness, our, um, our real growth and, and, and not to achieve the unachievable for wrong reasons or reasons that aren't going to serve us in the long run. 
Right. And I have to say, when I listened to your very first episodes, your introduction to your work and to you, I totally related. I have my own history with perfectionism and eating disorders, actually. Mm -hmm. So I related in that way, but I also just related to the feelings, the depth of feelings that you expressed. I just, I wanted to know more about you and your journey. And one thing that you said that really struck me, and I don't know if I'd really thought about it before, was that um, you went from this intense overachiever to this apathetic underachiever. And that was also part of your perfectionism. And I was like, what? Like, that was Mm -hmm. a major light bulb for me because I could see that it was also true for me, but I'd never Mm -hmm. heard anybody explain it that way before. So can you explain that? Like, how, how does that happen that you can go from being a super overachiever to a super underachiever in a way and Mm -hmm. have it, have it all be connected to perfectionism? Yes. So I'm going to have my own episode on this, you know, like a 45 minute episode where I go in a lot of detail about it. But in a nutshell, I think what the root of perfectionism is, is, is this false idea that you can achieve. hmm, Let me think of how to word this. Is this false idea that your achievements prop up your self-worth? Mm-hmm. So an overachiever is going to continue to say, look, 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 you know, I have self-worth. I'm amazing. Um, even if they don't want to make it appear like they're trying to do it for boasting or, you know, this can be just interior. Like, look, right. look self, you have worth. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be just for show, but it actually, I think often both as it was for me. But when they shift, um, a lot of times you're going to find and this is what I've learned the last few years that I like to talk about is perfectionism. We, we wrongly um, assign that only to overachievers. Mm-hmm. I think most perfectionists are actually underachievers. Mm-hmm. And that's people who you find often procrastinate big time or who are too afraid to make, who don't make any goals or who don't um, draw a line in the sand or something for them to reach to or aspire to. Because they're so afraid of not getting to that end product to show the worth that it's just better to not even start. Or because they want the process to be perfect, too. Right. The yes. process to getting there or the goal planning to getting there, which we're going to talk about today. You know, perfectionists can undermine their progress in like a million ways. Right. <laughs> you know, no matter where you fall on the spectrum of over or maybe you alternate overachieving, underachieving, over, under, um, no matter what, we find ways to totally self-destruct because of the root of the problem is the same. And that's propping up our achievements as a as a way to prove our self-worth for ourselves and, our, and, and, and others. And I definitely have fallen in both realms of that. Or both uh, ends of the spectrum, rather. Right. And I know I have, too, because I think I went from extreme perfectionism, overachieving, um, similar time frame to you, college years, kind of hit hit my wall. Um, And then in young adulthood, I'd say, even after college a little bit, still in that achievement mode. And then sort of went to the other extreme where I'm like, I'm not making any goals at all. I don't want to disappoint myself. Um, I went to a lot of counseling, so I was just like self-love, self-care, 
you know, Mm -hmm. just accept yourself how you are, which is true and great. But there also has to be like a a middle ground, you know, and I do think that it's kind of like, um, is it called a pendulum? Like where you where you swing from one side to the other. But but hopefully eventually you'll sort of land in the middle eventually. Like and so you have to be patient with yourself if you are if you've been on one end, you're going to have to swing to the other end for a little while, probably, but then you'll end up back in the middle. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And your takeaways are going to be about is how do we set goals um, as perfectionists or otherwise that are balanced and mentally healthy that push us to improve and progress without making us crazy and without making our worth based on achievement. Mm -hmm. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that. And you could just go ahead and tell us your first takeaway. Yes. My first takeaway is don't think too much. And this kind of goes to Uh, why people don't start in the first place. They're just wanting that process to be absolutely perfect. They want the perfect goal. They want to, you know, they say it has to be broken down to achievable pieces. And so it's all someone who is trying to be too layered and too particular and too introspective. I mean, you do need to think, you do need to give yourself time. You need to envision where you want to go. But my number one tip is don't think too much. It doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be ornate. It doesn't have to be so specific or multi-layered even. Just start by setting a goal even. Even if it's, you just have one goal for the year, mm-hmm. start there. Just don't overthink it. Um, right. I think starting is better than than um, getting too hung up on the process or being too afraid of where you'll end up that you don't even start. So don't think too much and just dive in. And I love early on in your podcast, especially you talked about the, um, the idea of do something, just do something. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I thought about that, um, when I was thinking about starting my podcast, because I do have the, the personality where I overthink it and I want to have a perfect plan before I begin. And it's like, Mm -hmm. just, just do something, just start, do something small. Don't think about it. I heard, um, one time in like a sermon, someone said, God can't drive a parked car. Uh-huh. You just have to start driving and see see yes. where it goes. Just do something. So do you have an example from your life of um when you just started and when you when you didn't think too much and you decided to just go for it and how that's worked out for you? Yes. So um the thing that has comes to mind is swimming. Um, I'm sure you've heard me say this. So I, I'm a terrible swimmer. I have an intense fear of water. I have an, uh, probably more than normal fear of swimsuits. I, I, you know, just the, even the feel of water. I, I hate it. I don't even like, I like a shower at the end when it's nice and warm, but I don't like getting in the shower. <laughs> you know, it's just like weird things. Anyway, but I, uh, I, a little over a year ago, I had some health problems that made it so I couldn't run like I was accustomed to or do some intense strength training or jumping or anything like that and told possibly like that would be it for the rest of my life. So I knew I had to come up with some other ways to exercise so I could stay mentally healthy, you know, along with physically healthy. So that meant I had to get in the pool. And so for me, not thinking too much, you know, that is the literal day to day. Every time I go, and we can use this for each one that I go through, each tips, but 
just that for that first one, don't think too much. That meant me getting on Amazon and buying a swimsuit, mm -hmm. doing something. You know, I just had to go do something, buy a swimsuit, buy some goggles, and show up at the pool. And to not even overthink it, not watch videos, how to swim, because, I mean, I'm terrible. Like, just go to the pool. And um, that led to a lot of other things I'm sure we'll get into with that same example as we go into the other steps. Right. So that was really helpful. Great. So don't think too much. And I remember when I was starting my podcast, um, I emailed you and I'm like, so they say that you need to have like so many episodes ready before you start so that you can release a certain number at the, you know, right at the beginning and get the number of downloads or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. and asked you about that. And you were like, I just had the one episode. I just, I had to start. You know, and, yes. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, thank you. Like, that was like the permission I needed. Yeah, just, that's a better example to, to just this. start. You know, it's like you don't yeah. need to have the perfect plan or do it textbook according to how the professionals might do it. Just yep. just start and just do something. So that was exactly. really helpful advice that you gave me when that's starting a really my good example. I'm glad you thought of that one. I think that's even better than the swimming one, because that the podcast has entailed a lot of just get her done. Yeah. You know, just try, just research that one day, you know, make an intro, practice, practice how you speak instead of overthinking it. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. Excellent. And then what about your second takeaway? Um, let's see. My second takeaway is to make room for failure. And, you know, that can go with the two, the two examples we thought of for, um, Let's start with the podcast. So like the failure there is I had to make room for not, I had to tell myself there's probably going to be, you know, three people listening to this or <laughs> my sound quality isn't going to work all the time or I'm not going to edit this all successfully. I had to know that each episode is going to have mistakes. I had to make room within each episode, but also the whole process of how it was going to evolve and just know that. What matters is this whole thing could be a quote unquote failure, but what I've made room for was the growth that would happen for me. And I made that the success. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like I made that the, the purpose of it. So that way I had plenty of room for like visible outward failure, you know, um, mm -hmm. going on because I had room for that. My, right. my success wasn't dependent on it actually being a success. Um, for swimming, um, for me, that meant I, <laughs> I mean, I wish people, I could have, I should have recorded myself the first like six months of being at the pool. I um, would only go once, I only go once a week and I set the time limit for me for 20 minutes and my whole goal is to just swim. So in the beginning, I mean, I would stand up quarter of the way through a lap and like cough. <laughs> You know, right. I just stand up in the middle of the lane with all these old people swimming ar circles around me and, and have to cough and, <laughs> and, and, and try to get back under the water again. Um, so, so, you know, making them realistic, like I know every week I only have to go for 20 minutes and I just, I can get out as soon as, even if it's halfway through the lane, I can get to the side and get out as soon as it's 20 minutes. I don't have... I have to do this many laps. I don't have to do this many strokes. I, I don't even have, I can hang on the side for a few minutes too. If, you know, there's plenty of room and that's made it so I go. Right. You know, 
So that's helped. And I feel like that's a great tie into the first tip as well to not think too much because yes. if, if I had a swimming goal, it would probably be like this many laps and I'll do this many of this stroke and then I'll try to do one lap fast and one lap slow. I mean, that's just the way my brain works. Like if I'm mm-hmm. going to do it, I better do it all out and look up a a plan online for the best, most effective swimming yep. workout. And it's like, no, just go and swim for 20 minutes. That is yes. a victory in and of itself. You know what, though, is funny about doing that, making room for failure, is eventually you do get to that point where you're like, okay, so now I'm ready to learn more about strokes. You know, and I watch some YouTube videos. Okay, now I'm ready to make a whole lap without standing up and choking. Or now I move to two laps. You know, I am so proud of myself that I can swim two laps now without hanging onto the side and coughing for three minutes. Right. Um, you know, so, and I've made progress. Right. So there's something weird about that. You will, you are more likely to create more little goals within it naturally as they come. If you just make room for trying, right? That's basically what I'm saying. When I say make room for failure, I'm saying make room for the process of trying what that looks like. It can be messy. Right. And when I read that takeaway, make room for failure, I thought about um, the first counselor that I ever saw, which I've seen several counselors, which I will talk about eventually on the podcast, some of Mm -hmm. the things I've learned from counseling. But um, she asked me what some of my goals were. And this was like my vi- the very beginning of my recovery. So I was still in that overachiever mode. And yeah. <laughs> I said, um, my goal for fitness is that I will run six days a week. And she said, okay, why don't we have your goal be that you'll run three days a week? And I'm mm. like, no, but I really want to run six days a week. And she said, well, if, if your goal is that you'll run six days a week, if you end up running five, you will be disappointed in yourself. If your goal is three days a week and you end up running five, you'll feel like a rock star. Yeah. So that's awesome. Like set a goal that is reasonable and then hopefully you'll exceed it. But if you don't, it'll be fine. But if you always set these super high goals, you will always feel like a failure. So you have to make room for a little bit of failure there. And that was like a major... Um, epiphany to me at that time. Now I'm like, if I ran one day a week, I'd be like, yes, I am amazing. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we all go through the time in a season, right? Yes, yes. And that was um, just that phase of life that I was in. So making room for failure, regardless of what the goal is. Then what about your third takeaway? Oh, make them visible. So this can be literally... And again, not ornately, like you don't have to go out there and buy the most like complex visual board of how you're going to have your goals or, you know, make a, a a poster of all your inspiration things. You know, it doesn't have to be ornate, but I'm saying put, write them down. Even if it's on a post-it note, put it on your computer, write it on your mirror and dry erase marker, you know, something that you can erase, just do a small, simple way to make it visible and something that you can remind yourself of, you know, just seeing not like obsessively, but that one that you can remember, what was my goal again? Oh, this it's there. Um, and the other way you can make it visible is to others. So tell people about your goals, Mm -hmm. you know, tell a friend, tell a family member, say it on Instagram, if that's a way, um, just put it out there. So that way you have the encouragement you need. And you also have a little bit of the accountability 
Um, and doing that, I think just kind of gives you that boost when you don't want to on days. So, so that kind of drags you along a little bit when you're struggling, I think is, is being reminded, you know, both visually and with your friends and family that this is what I want to do. Right. And I feel like that with the podcast, um, there's some accountability just because I've said I'll do one a week, you know, and yeah. And so I'm like, even yes. when I don't feel like doing it, I'm like, okay, well, there's probably my two people out there listening that are expecting to see this, you know? Yes. <laughs> so yep, it's I like feel the if, same way. if I can build a little accountability within my goals without it being too crazy, because that can also be a major trigger for me. If mm-hmm. I, if I set myself up with too much accountability or the wrong people holding me accountable, that just make me yes. feel guilty. That can put me in a bad mental space. But if it's the right people holding me accountable, then it can really help. Definitely. Another thing I've thought about is, um, we, I make goals at the end of every year with my family, my, like my family of origin, right? We've, um, we've done, a little New Year's Eve activity every year where we write like highs and lows from the previous year and um, a goal for the or goals for the following year, just different things like that. But I don't ever look at it after that New Year's Mm -hmm. Eve. It's just like it's in a document. Um, And I was just thinking about it the other day and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that starting a podcast in 2017 was on my goal list, which is great. I did it. Uh But I'm like, but I, I should have that somewhere visible so that I can feel excited when I reach something mm-hmm. and also be held accountable more. But I think that sometimes it's scary to make it visible because then I am held accountable for it to myself and I'm afraid to disappoint myself, which is probably going back to that. I um, was just going to say that. That apathetic underachiever. <laughs> well, it also goes to overthinking it, right? And not making room for failure. It's going to stink every day if you have like this huge litany of ways you're going to be self, you know, self-improving mm-hmm. every single day. I mean, nobody wants that in their face. Basically a way of saying you stink. Right. Every <laughs> Here's day. all the ways that you stink. Mm-hmm. So that's why like you got to make them simple. You got to make room for failure. That way, when you do make them visible, it's encouraging and it's like a boost. If it's if it's not a boost, then that means you need to go back and think about how am I making this too intense Mm. and how can I make it easier or more achievable or just more fun. Right. So that way when it is in front of me, I'm like, okay, oh yeah, I can do this. Like, Mm. this is what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing. It's like, do I even really want to do that goal or is it just something that I... Maybe not. Throw it out. Right. Like, I'm like, the only reason why I even do a weekly podcast is that I want to. I mean, it's nice to have a little bit of accountability in the fact that some people are waiting for it. But if I didn't want to do it, then I shouldn't be I shouldn't feel pressured to do it. So look at your goals Mm -hmm. and think, do I even want to do this or do I just feel like it's what I'm supposed to do? Because that's what everybody else is doing. That's a that's a good one. Yeah. This is putting you on the spot. I didn't ask you this one in advance, but have you thought <laughs> have you thought any about um, your goals or things that you're going to be working on in 2018 um, or your hopes for the new year? Um, I thought about it a lot in the context of my podcast because I've had to have reason to pause and kind of think about: Am I on track to what I wanted out of this? And um, 
I, I, I think I want to see it move beyond just what it is, maybe beyond interviews, you know, every single week. I want it to move more towards a platform for people really being able to improve themselves. I think it's been great for us to hear from other people and reflect and learn from each other. And I still want that to be a part of my podcast, but I want it to turn into how I can really help people and help myself, uh, like actually do things. Um, and I don't exactly know what that looks like. It might entail workshops in the near future. It might um, entail workbooks or, um, online communities, but I, I want it to grow in that way. However, I am having a baby. So my number one goal, cause I'm having the baby most likely late January, I just want to be in a good mental place. Mm-hmm. And I'll, honestly, it's going to be my number one goal for the year. And if that means I have to step away from that professional goal, I will, because I think my number one goal is going to be being there for my family and relishing the time I have with a small baby and taking a step back from the world for a bit and, you know, the stresses and then gradually getting back to the things that excite me outside of motherhood and family when it feels like I'm strong enough. So I don't really know what that will look like. We'll see. It's going to be a different year. Yeah. And for those people who may not know you or your history, so this is your fourth baby yeah uh-huh. so um so yeah that's big you're gonna have four kids and um and you've struggled some in the past you've shared yeah, with ad- like, adjusting to me. new babies and so I yes. love that you're thinking about that and being honest with yourself about what it may be like and mm-hmm. how you're willing to make room for failure there within your professional goal if it yeah. means that that has to wait you know, um, exactly. So, yeah, because that was, that's, it's kind of a a two, two edged sword here. Like, I think the reason I struggled so greatly with the transition to my third was because I wasn't making room to grow within myself. And so starting a blog on a podcast eventually was a way for me to find myself again and get to that mentally healthy place. So I was the better mom that I knew I could be. But now I'm like on the other side of that, where I feel like I might potentially going to overdo it on Mm. the growth and professional side, which will then um, affect it. My, my mental health negatively, my mothering, my relationships like that one, we're going through that transition. So it's, you know, there's our time in a season. It saved me. I, I feel like a year and a half ago or when I, you know, almost two years ago now when I started the blog first, that saved me. It got me out of it. But now I think it's going to have to be, a little bit of a reverse journey, a little. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, I love that you're just willing to see, you know? It's, yeah. And, <laughs> it has to be that way. And just see and see where your podcast takes you and see how it grows and evolves and what becomes of it. And it's an inspiration for me to see your podcast growing. And when I was contemplating starting mine, it really helped me to know like, okay, um, Monica is a stay-at-home mom with young kids and she's done this and it's possible and I'm gonna do it too you know and yeah so it gave me a lot of inspiration and hope to just try and do something and people have asked me well what what's your goal with the podcast you're with three and 30 and I'm like I don't know we'll see we'll just see how it grows and where it takes me and what happens that's a great goal yeah 
So before we end, could you just recap the three takeaways of how to set goals, balanced goals that focus on progress, not perfection? Sure. One is don't think too much. Two, make room for failure. And three, make them visible. All right. I love it. So hopefully all of you out there who are listening, um, this episode is going to air on New Year's Day. So Oh, exciting. Yeah. Okay. That's fun. <laughs> so um, as you're listening, think about those three takeaways and the things that you can do in this new year to improve yourself in small but significant ways and to be good to yourself. And Monica, thank you so much for coming on. And um, everyone who wants to find her, tell us where they can find you and your show. Yes. Thank you so much, Rachel. This has been really, really fun for me. Um, my website is aboutprogress.com and that's where they can download episodes directly um, and listen to them. They can also find them on their podcast apps or iTunes. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook at About Progress. Okay. And I will link to her introductory episode that I talked about where she shares her own history and introduces kind of her mission with the podcast. So I'll link that as well. So thank you, Monica. And I hope you have a great day and um, good luck preparing for that fourth baby who's coming. Thanks, Rachel. I need all the luck I can get. (laughs) I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. I hope that this was helpful as you start the new year and gave you some good stuff to think about in regards to your own goals. These were great reminders for me as I think about how I want to continue to progress in the coming year. And I also wanted to remind you all about a free resource that I created over the holiday break. I made a PDF that has the three takeaways from each episode that we've had thus far on the podcast. It's like a little cheat sheet to review what we've learned from each guest. And I think it could be helpful as you're thinking about your resolutions. Do you want to be more patient with your kids? Well, check out episode four from Ralphie Jacobs about how to stop yelling at your kids. Or do you want to do better at record keeping and journaling? Check out episode two. Uh, There's so many ideas there. So I'll be creating a new PDF each month to recap the takeaways we've heard. So get signed up for those at my website, 3 and 30 podcastcom So as you can hear, probably just heard my little Sally is right here. My kids loved making a cameo at the end of our last episode, and so they've asked to do it again today. So to end, here are Noah and Sally telling you about their goals for 2018. I want to work with Mama. You want to work with Mama on what? On podcast. One of my goals for 2018 is to be nicer to my sister and talk nicer. I love those goals. Can you say Happy New Year to everybody? Yes. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy Try New Year. Try and make some changes. Me too. Good ones. 